Good morning, and thank you for tuning in to be with us today. Welcome to Driven to the Cross radio broadcast as part of Christ's Covenant Church here in McAllen, Texas. We are blessed to have you listening today because we want to encourage you, we want to feed you, we want you to receive instruction from the Word of God. It is a blessing to have this opportunity to minister to you this morning. And I would invite you at the onset of our program, just check us out on Facebook. Check out our website, ChristCovenantMcAllen.org. And brothers and sisters, my dear friends, let us pray this morning. Our Father who art in heaven, Father, we come to you in the name above all names, that of Jesus the Christ, the Messiah, the King of kings and the Lord of lords. We are so blessed, Father, by you that we become unaware of the movement in our lives. And we pray that you'd forgive us of that, O oh God. We pray, Father, that we would remember you that we would seek you and to you in all things. Father, I ask you to bless those who hear this message today, that you would encourage them, you would keep them, and that, Father, those who hear would receive. And I want to ask you again, Lord, to move beyond us, move in spite of us, move, O oh God, and an only way that you can, and holiness and righteousness. Cause us, Father, to have such a passion for you. Father, would you stir our hearts that it would be as a deer panting for the water, so much so that our soul, O oh God, would long after you, that it would drive us to that point of being filled, quenched, refreshed in you. Thank you, Lord. In Jesus' name, amen. So this morning, we are going to continue in the book of 1 Samuel. And as this is a holiday set aside by our great nation, one for memoriam, Memorial Day, one for remembering those troops who are fallen, I want to take you first into 1 Samuel chapter 2, but then we're going to jump into 1 Samuel chapter 4, because I want to show you the difference in a mindset, the difference of a heart condition in mankind, because my dear friends, I dare say that many of us would not have not, are not praying the way Hannah prayed. But rather, many of us are so comfortable in our station in life that we would do like what we'll find in chapter 4 of 1 Samuel. So, in 1 Samuel chapter 2, there's an opening shot across the bow, if you will. An opening salvo. It's a sound that is heard around the kingdom of heaven. Listen, 
listen to what this praying woman said. And the opening words, I love how it begins. It says, and Hannah prayed. My dear friends, may that be said of us, that we pray. And Hannah prayed and said, my heart, my innermost parts, my heart rejoices in the Lord. Mine horn is exalted in the Lord. My mouth is enlarged over mine enemies because I rejoice in thy salvation. Now, my friends, listen with your spiritual ears as I tell you something. It says here that she rejoices, that her heart rejoices. She is made glad. Her innermost being is rejoicing. But then there's something else. It says her horn. My friends, that is her strength. I have a question for you right out of the box. Do you find your strength in God? Listen, rejoices in the Lord. My horn is exalted in the Lord. And then because of that, her mouth is enlarged. Her voice is enlarged over all of her enemies. My friends, there is power in prayer. There is power in recognizing the authority of God in your life. There is power in recognizing the absolute sovereignty, the absolute righteousness, the absolute holiness of Almighty God. The fact that He rules and reigns is seated at the right hand of God the Father Almighty speaks volumes. That means that court is in session. That means that He is ruling and reigning. And Hannah here is expressing those attributes. Listen as I read on. Listen to what she says. Because I rejoice in thy salvation, there is none holy as the Lord, for there is none beside thee, neither is there any rock like our God. You've probably heard songs about that. Rock of Ages. There's no, and then there's other more contemporary songs. No rock like our God. My dear friends, my dear friends in Christ, notice how she is exalting God and saying that there is none holy as the Lord. There is none other than God. Is that true in your life? Now listen, listen, listen to what comes next. This is so important. Talk no more so exceeding proudly. Let not arrogancy come out of your mouth. Here she is saying something that we as Christians need to accept, understand, and embrace. When we profess to be Christians, we should not speak proudly. We should not have an arrogance about us, but rather a humility. Because, my dear friends, do you recognize that it is not by your hand, nor by your own strength, nor by your own might, nor by your own volition in which you are saved? You are called unto salvation by God. You are delivered unto Him by grace. You go from a provenient grace, a common grace, unto a special grace when you are saved. You become redeemed, bought by the blood of the Lamb. Now hear me. Hear me on this. Listen to the next statement. And if we who call ourselves to be followers of Christ, do not embrace this, do not recognize this, then we are only fooling ourselves. 
Listen to the humility of this dear lady. For the Lord is a God of knowledge, and by His actions are weighed. The bows of the mighty men are broken, and they that stumble are girded with strength. They that were full have hired them out themselves for bread, and they that were hungry ceased, so that the barren hath borne seven, and she that hath many children is waxed feeble. The Lord killeth and maketh alive. He bringeth down to the grave and bringeth up. The Lord maketh poor and maketh rich. He bringeth low and lifteth up. He raiseth up the poor out of the dust and lifteth up the beggar from the dunghill to set them among princes and to make them inherit the throne of glory. For the pillars of the earth are the Lord's and He has set out the world upon them. Wow. Now listen Listen to this. You hear, you've heard the transformation that God does upon man. You hear the authority that God has when we just read this. You hear the specificity in which He makes things known. Now listen to the promise to those who believe. It says here in verse 9 that He will keep the feet of His saints and the wicked shall be silent in darkness. For by strength shall no man prevail. Oh, how powerful that is, my friends. If you think that you have done and are acting accordingly to the things of God, and you are not, if you think that you have done it on your own, then you, my friends, are not saved. You have no strength to call yourself unto salvation. You have no ability to redeem your own soul. It is, says here that he, referring to God, keepeth the feet of the saints. And then that last verse there, it says, for by strength shall no man prevail. It is not by our own works in which we are saved. It is only by the grace of God that we are saved through the blood of Jesus the Christ. Now listen to me. I told you I wanted to tell you about the differences. Hannah is recognizing and subjecting herself to full authority of the only sovereign true God who is ruling and reigning. She is recognizing, she is praising God for the conception of her son here. She is recognizing her dependency upon him. She is extolling the virtues of God. When we pray, my friends, do we pray like Hannah prayed? Do we actually extol God in the virtues? Do we recognize and call upon His name in such a way that we cannot help but praise Him? Or many times do we even fail to thank Him? Do we fail to recognize His attributes? Or do we just go and say, Lord, I need this. Help me get through this. And when He does, we forget to thank Him. 
Now, I told you I wanted to take you into 1 Samuel chapter 4. And I do. Because I want to show you the difference here between those who are purely religious, those who are caught up in their own ego, those who are accustomed to having their own way, those who seek their own glory, who act out in carnal nature, in comparison, or maybe I should say in contrast, to one who truly recognized God and the effect and the power that He has over creation, over her life, over every aspect of her existence and being. She was subjected in totality to the authority of a sovereign ruling king, that of the God of gods, the King of kings, the one who spoke creation into the very existence. Now, listen to how chapter 4 opened. And the word of Samuel came to all Israel. Now Israel went out against the Philistines to battle and pitched beside Ebenezer the Philistine, pitched in Aphek. And the Philistines put themselves in array against Israel. And when they joined battle, Israel was smitten before the Philistines. And they slew of the army in the field about 4,000 men. And when the people were come into the camp, the elders of Israel said, Wherefore hath the Lord smitten us today because of the Philistines? Let us fetch the ark of the covenant of the Lord out of Shiloh unto us, that when it cometh among us, it may save us out of the hand of our enemies. Now listen. The people understood that the ark of the covenant, the ark of God, represented the presence of God. They were accustomed to when they were in the wilderness, taking that ark with them wherever they went. And when they went into battle, they won. They would have the history of Jericho. They had the history of other battles as they were conquering the promised land. Ah, but then they forget how sin brings about defeat. There's a very prominent battle that we find in the, in the Scriptures in which Israel suffered a mighty defeat and one that should have been an easy victory. And that is the battle of Ai. You see, there was sin in the camp because God had directed them not to steal or to take anything from this defeated land because, because it was tainted with paganism, the heritages of it, the, the, the things that they, that they took had been used by a pagan people, and it was unclean, and it was greed that caused this thievery, and it was unknown. And what ended up happening is Ai was a really small little town, and Israel got trounced. It wasn't until the sin was confessed and removed from the camp that Israel went back and had the victory. And here we see something very similar. The people did not recognize 
the sin. They were accustomed to being in it. They were accustomed to being comfortable. They were accustomed to the religious practices that had no meaning to them. They were a nation. They were proud of their nation. They were a type of people that had turned their back on God, yet allowed the practices to take place. Does that sound familiar like today? My dear friends, this nation has churches in just about every town, on every street corner, and you can find them everywhere. Literally everywhere. And yet, and yet our nation turns its back on God, embraces the cultural sins, embraces the fallen nature, and makes excuses for it. And yet, the elders of the nation said, well, let, you know, we were soundly defeated. Let us go and get the ark that God will be in our midst. That's paying lip service. It's not repentance. And the people sent to Shiloh that they might bring from there the Ark of the Covenant of the Lord of Hosts, which dwelleth between the cherubim. And the two sons of Eli, Hophni and Phinehas, were there with the Ark of the Covenant of God. And when the Ark of the Covenant of the Lord came into the camp, all Israel shouted with a great shout, so that the earth rang again. And when the Philistines heard the noise of the shout, they said, What meaneth the noise of this great shout in the camp of the Hebrews? And they understood that the ark of the Lord was coming to the camp. Now the Philistines were afraid, for they said, God is coming to the camp. And they said, Woe unto us, for there hath not been such a thing heretofore. Woe unto us, who shall deliver us out of the hand of these mighty gods? These are the gods that smote the Egyptians with all the plagues of the wilderness. Now, my friends, before we progress, people know who God is. People recognize who God is. And the people were glad because the, the, the Israelites were glad because they saw this image. They knew their history. They knew what this ark represented. And they were excited because in their minds, regardless of their spiritual nature, God had shown up. Oh, they knew, they knew. And the people outside of Israel knew what the Ark of the Covenant meant. But my friends, you see the backwards thinking. If they were truly at that time a people of God, they would have gone and sought the council. And they would have prayed about whether they should go against the Philistines. And if God had told them to, they would have first and foremost taken that ark out before they went into battle, not after. That's much like us today. People are starting to pray. They may not know who they're praying to. People are starting to say, we need God. They want God to come and rescue them from their mistakes. They want God to come and 
rescue them without any change. They want God to be in their midst without them having to change. They view God as a giant slot machine. They view God as a rescue source. They view God as the thing that, hey, if I call on Him, He's going to come and take care of me without any change. You see, what is happening there with that mindset, and that mindset has permeated our culture, and it is wrong. That mindset is that God serves us. That when we speak, God must answer us, God must give us, God must provide to us. Did you notice a difference? When Hannah prayed, she thanked God for who He is, for all the attributes in His life that He had provided and displayed to her. Rather than as the nation of Israel did at this time, and as we as people today have a tendency to do, we often think, well, if I ask for it, I'm going to give it, because God has to do it. I've named it, I've claimed it. God is providing it. Well, i got news for you. God does not serve you. God does not serve you. You are not the one sitting on the throne of heaven. You are not the one who spoke creation into existence. You are not the one who is the Alpha and the Omega, the beginning and the end. It is God alone who is that. My friends, do you notice that pattern, that change in which the people of Israel, when they had lost this battle, they decided, well, we're going to go and get the presence of God and bring Him into our camp, and then we'll win. Rather, rather than repenting, rather than seeking the face of God, rather than pleading, they just assumed that God was there to serve them. My friends, I have news for you today. God does not serve you. You serve God. If you serve God, He will bless you. He will encourage you. He will keep you. He will guide you. He will correct you. He will chastise you. But He will redeem you. Get this idea out of your head that no matter how you act, God's going to be right there to take care of you because you are living in sin. Or He will give you whatever you want. And stop getting angry with God because He's not answering your prayers. God answered the prayers of a righteous woman. It says there in 1 Samuel chapter 2 that He keeps the feet of His saints. He protects them. He guides them. He knows their steps. Rather, Hophni and Phinehas they were there. It says so. They were there with the Ark of the Covenant. And the people rejoiced when they saw the image rather than acknowledge their sin, rather than repent and weep. What did they do? They rejoiced because, ah, oh, someone, someone was going to deliver them. Now listen to what happened. In verse 9, the Philistines say, Be strong, quit yourselves like men, O ye Philistines, that ye may not that ye be not servants unto the Hebrews, as they have been to you. Quit yourselves like men and fight. 
And the Philistines fought, and Israel was smitten. And they fled every man into his tent. And there was a very great slaughter, for there fell of Israel 30,000 footmen. Do you understand your self-righteousness, your self-promotion, your arrogance, your pride, just because you go and get something that is supposed to represent God, just because you may carry a Bible doesn't mean that you actually read it. Just because you say that you're a Christian doesn't mean that you actually live like one and produce the fruit of one. It doesn't mean that you are not living a self-righteous, arrogant lifestyle that endorses and condones and embraces sin. And then you think that God is going to just bring you your victory without you confessing your sin and turning from it. My dear friends, we have to stop being like those children of Israel who are full of their arrogance and pride and full of themselves and thinking it doesn't matter unless we have this and then it's going to happen. Then it's going to happen. No, what we need, we need to pray just like Hannah prayed. Listen again to what it is she said. And Hannah prayed and said, My heart rejoices in the Lord. Mine horn is exalted in the Lord. My, strength, my mouth is enlarged over mine enemies because I rejoice in thy salvation. For there is none holy as the Lord, and there is none beside thee. Neither is there any rock like our God. When was the last time you prayed like that, my friends? When was the last time you examined your prayers? When was the last time you praised God for His salvation? Don't be as the children of Israel in this instance. Don't think that because someone can go and bring you a Bible that everything is taken care of. Don't think that because you wear a cross necklace that you're a Christian and you're good. Examine yourself. Confess your sin before God. Acknowledge Him. Acknowledge your dependence upon Him. Recognize Him and you shall be saved. Have the heart of holiness and righteousness that you would accept the salvation of the Lord God. My friends, I have to close there with our time restraints. I want to invite you. Come visit us this morning. Our service starts at 1030. We're at 1320 West Nolana Avenue. We would love to have you fellowship and worship with us. We would love to share the gospel of Christ with you. Please feel free to support this ministry. You can go to our website, ChristCovenantMcAllen.org. There you can see our or a little bit about us. You can see our sermon series from YouTube. You can give. We have a link there to do that. We have a link on our Facebook page as well. We have links on our website to our Facebook account. Come fellowship with us. We would love to see you. Send us an email. We'll get back to you. May God bless you, keep you, and hopefully we'll see you soon. God bless. Goodbye.